Welcome to the most energetic, positive, happy, and healthy podcast in the world. Living the dream. Dream stands for diet, rest, exercise, attitude, and meaning. I'm your host, certified health coach, motivational speaker, sober since July of 2016, American Ninja Warrior competitor, two-time world record holder, and ultra-marathoner, Matt Scaletti. Here we go! Welcome back to the Live in the Dream podcast. Matt Scaletti here with special guest Darren Roberts coming from Florida and his background, if you're watching, looks very nice. He's got some <laughs> green in the background. Darren is an entrepreneur who has launched companies in the lending, technology, and real estate sectors. He has been married 22 plus years and is proud father of his two boys. He is a marathoner, ultra marathoner, and enjoys challenging himself to push through discomfort in order to experience what life has to offer. His latest project enters into the mindfulness world where he explores the concept of doubt. Everyone has doubt, feels doubt, and now Darren is bringing these stories and experiences to life in his newest venture, Say No to Doubt. Darren, welcome, my friend. Thanks, bud. Good to see you, Matt. Good Appreciate to see you, you too. Me on. Uh, I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. So I, if you're good with it, I would love to hear, and I'm sure the listeners would too, your background. Clearly, we dabbled a little bit hearing about you being an entrepreneur, but what was it like growing up? I'm interested to know, were you always an entrepreneur or did you grow into that and sort of how was your upbringing set up? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I was, I was not started, I became an entrepreneur when I was 28 years old. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, so really how it happened is I went to uh, school, I went to University of Hartford in Connecticut and yep. um, I got all C's and D's, but I got all A's in theater. And uh, so I uh, applied and got accepted to Lee Strasberg Theater Institute in New York City. And I called my parents. I'm like, you'll never guess. Guess what? I got into Lee Strasberg Theater Institute. I'm so excited. They're saying, that's amazing. How, how are you going to pay for it? <laughs> so, uh, so next thing I knew um, is I was working with a college degree back home in Rockville, Maryland uh, at TGI Friday's restaurant. Wow. And so... As I was waiting tables, a couple different restaurants, one of my buddies called me and said, you know, I'm working for these two guys. They're in the mortgage banking business out in College Park near University of Maryland. Why don't you come and, uh, you know, see if, if they'll bring in we're, we're we're making good money, you know, and so I was like, great. So I went out, got the job. And five years later, uh, they were acquired by a publicly traded company based out of Texas. And they moved me up to Philadelphia to open up a whole mid-Atlantic region for them. And where I was before they were acquired, the company was amazing. It was a mom and pop environment. You know, you'd socialize, you know, work together, make money, go to lunches, dinners, travel. It was just like family. And it was incredible, incredible experience. And so I was all psyched about Philadelphia, you know, new place I'm going to open up. And next thing you know, I go there and I realized almost instantaneously I was in corporate America. Uh. You know, it was the company that acquired the mom and pop. Now, instead of walking into the CEO or the owner's office and shooting the shit or talking, you know, about a client, it was like, okay, email, two days would go by, no response. 
email, yeah. then you had to escalate. And I'm just sitting here and I said to myself, you know what? I don't like this. <laughs> no. But the, what I did like was I was getting a nice paycheck. Mm -hmm. You know, so then at that moment, I said to myself, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay for the paycheck and really just sort of not be happy? Or am I going to take a chance? So this all happened within six months. I opened up the office. I hired, I staffed the office to over 20 people. And then six months later, I left and I opened up my own mortgage company in oh. 1990, uh, 1998. So can I ask you, were you, I'm just thinking of that's clearly a big jump and a big risk there. Were you married at the time or not yet? No, not married yet. No kids. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I had a little bit of, uh, of flexibility there, you know, my only level of responsibility was me. So whether it was a ramen noodles or a hot dog for dinner, I could have done it. <laughs> right. So I did have that, you know, to fall back, no one else that was, uh, you know, dependent on me, if you will. But you know, I'm here I am in a new city, relatively speaking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no guaranteed check coming in. So it was a little bit, a little bit scary. So so what happens? So you start your own company and did you immediately think this is great I'm my own boss or was it a struggle for a long period of time you know it for me it was like there was no other option right so I just sort of dug in and I didn't think I tried to not get you know too emotional nervous I think at that age where I was in life you know wanting to go out and be social and pre-kids pre-family pre-wife and it was almost like I was just living life day to day. You know, I'd wake yeah. up, I'd go to work, I'd work out. Um, and uh, so for me, it was really, there was no other option. You know, I knew the business. I was in it for five plus years. And um, I knew that there were clients and people out there that needed to purchase homes or refinance their homes. And, you know, sort of some of the things you and I've talked offline before about why not me? I love that. I love that mentality. Do you, do you think I wanted to ask you this? Cause I'm curious to hear what you're going to say. And I've, I guess I've heard both sides argued. Do you think entrepreneurs are born or do you think they can be made? And I guess judging by your story, I may know how you're going to answer this, but I'm still curious as to what you think. Yeah, I think they can be made. You know, I think that the reason I feel that way is we're all sort of we all have life experiences, you know, and whatever those experiences are, they sort of can push, you know, or get you moving in a particular direction. And so for me, um, you know, there was this idea that in a lot of ways, if that mom and pop company sort of stayed together for 30 years, who knows, maybe I would have been a lifer, you know, but I also realized looking back that that would have been the right path for me, you know, knowing what I know now. So you know, there was these moments of time when I was moving to Philly, I was moving to Philly as just part of this extended family. I was like pumped and couldn't wait for the, you know, calls and, you know, the quarterly meetings in person. And my buddy who I was working with every day, you know, was in the Midwest and, you know, this was going to be amazing. So for me, it was, uh, you know, it was that nature versus nurture concept. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this maybe was a little bit more on the nurture side, but I think people can can evolve. I think we get to a point where there's just so much that we can handle or decide to continue on that you say, okay, great. I'm going to, I'm going to make a change. Yeah. And that's, I, I was, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I wanted to ask you about that. And I wrote down, 
I know this is generic and everyone's situation is different, but do you have any advice on if somebody's listening and maybe they don't like their job at all and they feel the itch to start their own business or company? How do you know when the time, not the time is right, but how do you know when it's, you're not made for a certain job, do you think, and it's time to try something different? Well, I think it depends a lot on people's, you know, what their goals are and how they, if they're, if they're going to be really honest with themselves about how they really feel. One advantage today versus 25 years ago is that through technology and so many different resources, people have a way to sort of the term these days is called side hustle. You know, yeah. what's going to be my side hustle? And so there's multiple ways in which you can sort of put your foot or toe in the water, if you will, I should say, and say, okay, great. I want to get involved in men's grooming products. You know, yeah. so there's a way in which you don't have to give up your security with your current job to launch into that business. And so I think one of those things that's just really opportunistic is that people can really, really uh, crawl now, you know, before they walk. And so a lot of times it's not about, let me give everything up. Let me give my security up and I'm going to go, you know, deep dive. Don't get me wrong. There are people that do that. And there's people that have built up security. You know, I would never suggest in any capacity that someone gives something up where it could sacrifice, you know, food on their table, family yeah. well-being. You know, everyone's got risk tolerance that are different levels. But it really comes down to, which is one of the reasons why I'm so intrigued by mindfulness, is that's an answer that each individual, if they're going to be honest with themselves, can really come out and say, hey, you know, am I just going to sit here and, and live my life this way? Or is the pain or the distraction deep enough where I'm going to go try and figure some, you know, another path? So, um, you know, I always would say, you know, how is it making you feel? You know, do you enjoy what you do? You know, is it when you go and accomplish or get a taste of something else, how do you feel compared to what you're doing right now? You know, and that's really, you know, really, because I think we live in a, in a world of, of complacency, you know, in a lot of ways, but I think a lot of that's based on just people's own fears and anxieties, you know, versus laziness. I agree. Fears. And I love how you said that, that because pain can move us in a new direction, right? If the pain is bad enough, like, like you said, you had no option. You felt like that was the only option you had. And I love how you say that. And I'm also curious. So you, you start, you leave the call it corporate America and start your own lending business. And then things I'm sure they, they must've gone pretty well. How did you then decide to go from lending into, I don't know if the next business was a tech business or real estate, or were you doing them all at the same time? How did that jump occur? Yeah. So being involved with the um, real estate, you know, in the mortgage lending world, you know, obviously I was pretty much in tune to real estate. So I got involved in acquiring some real estate and managing it with a business partner, you know, over the years. And then in 2008, um, my wife and I, we were in Philly. Uh, we had both our boys at the time. And we had no reason to be there family-wise. And then the, mor the mortgage industry was really just falling apart, you know, yeah. um, as everyone knows back in those days. And I was working so much harder and making 90% less money at that point. 
So um, I actually, at that stage, I had a business partner and he uh, wanted to keep the business going. And my wife, who grew up in South Florida, we moved down to Florida then. So, and then between 2009 and 2013, um, I bought um, some real estate because the market was, you know, sort of on the lower side of things. Some of it I rented, some of it I fixed up. I was involved in a couple of projects where we built new homes. Um, and uh, then in 2013, sold all of that, sold all of that off. And really at that point, one of the nice things about some of the flexibility in those areas is that I really got to spend a lot of great time raising my two boys, traveling, you know, um, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. to go to a hockey game, you know, staying at every Hampton Inn, Super 8, you can imagine. You know, I've probably like, you know, had a platinum membership to Applebee's, you know, being, <laughs> being, uh, being all over. But, you know, those, those times and those things were priceless. And, you know, that, that to me was one of the most incredible uh, experiences, you know, about it all. And then the tech came back, came to fruition in 2015. Okay. And that's, I just wrote down and you seem like you've done such a good job of this designer of your life. Like, it seems like you have figured out different ways where you've prioritized AK, your family seems like the top priority. And I know that a lot of people have the business as their top priority, and then they regret not spending time with family. Like, is there, do you do some sort of like, list of here's my priorities and values and I want to make sure family always comes first or is that just ingrained in you? I think it's ingrained a little bit. Um, you know, it was never sort of an organized or conscious, you know, thing. Um, you know, watching my older son was a lacrosse player uh, through high school and then my younger son being the hockey player. Just, I love the sports. I grew up playing soccer um, and you know, I, uh, my parents that got divorced when I was four and my stepfather raised me and he worked, um, for the government and no matter whenever our game was, uh, it didn't matter where it was, if it was in driving distance, but no matter where it was, if it started at three 30 or started at five o'clock, he was always on the sidelines, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so the idea of then, you know, him sacrificing so much to raise us, you know, as his stepchildren. Um, then you get home and you're around the dinner table and because you sort of experience that together, there's a lot to talk about, you know, besides, okay, so how was school? You know, did yeah. Johnny treat you well today? You know, by the way, when you were out there, what's this teammate like? What was it like to play in that weather? Was it cool being on the bus? You know, I noticed when you were running down the left side of the field, you had an opportunity to pass it, but you tried to take it yourself. What was your thought on it? So it opens up you know, opens up a lot. And, and um, so for me, just the kids, you know, were always, always, a always a priority. I love that. And it, cause it seems like you, they are clearly the priority as your family is number one, but you've also been able to sort of juggle family. And obviously you've done very well in the business world and also the running world now I'm excited to dive in a little bit on this. You have completed which marathons and which ultra marathons? I, and I'm, I just want to hear, how did you get into, with yeah. all the things you have going on, how did you start getting into running long distance? Well, I've always been into fitness um, and enjoying it. And what I mean by that, I've never been 
the the ultra try competitor you know in a lot of ways i just you know and I, I say this in a positive way but like i'm just like the the normal dad guy you know um <laughs> and uh you know one of the things is is i've always just been very driven when i've been training like traditionally in the gym i did crossfit for a bit and i've been doing that since 1987 if you will 1986 you know is is a 15 16 year old kid as i said i was a pretty uh you know competitive soccer player when i was younger and so for me it was throughout all this i would always run you know when i say run i go for a three mile jog i go for a five mile run i do sprints there was something about running for me that always just sort of made me feel incredible afterwards the endorphins the thought the brain everything about it and so um one day it was 2000 it was in 2012 and i at that point i i did run a couple half marathons and i decided that i was going to just go ahead and i was going to run the marine corps marathon i was living in florida already and that's because i grew up in the area and I was connected to a couple people in town that were training for the New York marathon the week after. So it'd be great. And so after the first, maybe I thought it was the first, maybe the second training run, I'm like, how can I experience the next six months with these people and not go on the journey with them to run the New York marathon? Uh -huh. So I switched into New York marathon and, um, it was great. We trained, uh, and two days before the marathon was supposed to, uh, happened it was canceled because of hurricane sandy oh so that was back in 2012 so yeah. 2013 you got to run it so uh <laughs> kept, kept me training for the marathon another full year i uh, ran it in 2013 and then really just came back from there and really didn't do much running outside of my um you know normal workouts and in, in in different things and you know, one of the things I was when it what thought to myself is, you know, when I turn 50, you know, there's all these different things. And we live in a world now where that's just the beginning in so many ways. Right. But I was like, I, I, I got to do this. So, um, I wanted to always run the Marine Corps. That to me was important because I grew up in that area and I'd be running through the streets where I grew up and where I had dinner and where I got drunk probably with a bunch of friends <laughs> and, and all these different things and in the monuments and just sort of the military and what it represents for the servicemen and women that just protect our freedoms. So I go and I'm signing up and I'm looking at it. I'm like, wait a second, they have a 50 K. And uh -huh. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Why not? So I signed up for the 50 K and I just completed this, this past year on October 30th, uh, which was phenomenal. Oh, that's so exciting. I, I actually, I ran the Marine Corps marathon. I think it was in 2018 or 19. And it was like you said, it was just emotional and what a powerhouse of an event. So, so you did it, you did 50 K, which is what over 31 miles, like 31, 31 miles, maybe yeah. one or 0.2 or something. And how, how did you feel during and post event? So this was really for me, you know, my wife was like, I'll come up with you. We had a joke when they came to New York in 2013, it was on a Sunday and my son's a huge Eagles fan. And that Sunday they played the Raiders and their quarterback, I can't, I want to say it was Nick Foles at the time in 2013. I can't remember specifically who, um, I think it was Foles threw for seven touchdown passes. Oh, and it's like, 
and my son missed it. And the joke was, is that they spent two hours getting to the front of the line at the New York Marathon to basically give me three seconds of this. There goes dad. <laughs> so, you know, we sort of had some fun, some fun of that over, over the years. Of course, it was great to have him there. But this was a business meeting for me. You know, this was like, it's been years since I ran the marathon. I trained on my own in Florida. Um, first time in my life I ran without music. And so every run, every training session, it was just me, myself, and I. And the thoughts were deep. And a couple of times I tried to put in a podcast or some music on maybe a couple of shorter runs just to test it. And it was as if I was, it was the most distracting thing. So wow. the, way I, the way I looked at it was, this is my, this is for me. This is what I'm doing. So um, registered, saw it was the 50K. I flew up the day before, uh, ran the race, <laughs> came back to the hotel, showered, caught a flight back the same day. By 7.30, I think that night, the same day I ran the race, I was on my couch, you know, having dinner, watching TV with my wife. <laughs> I love that. I love how you say it was a business meeting. And, and have you seen... I think this is where it gets really interesting and, and maybe this has happened for you or maybe not, but have you seen when you went through that training for the 50 K and going through the event, do you see any of that drive discipline determination carry over into other areas of your life? Oh, for sure. Um, the, the way the mind goes into thinking, you know, how you know, and how deep it goes into some of these runs. It's sort of like you can really solve or really map out what's next. You know, um, first of all, relationship wise, um, I just, there's a sense of calmness that I just felt. I just felt so much more present with my family, with my friends when I wasn't running. I mean, when I was running, you know, while I was training, but post the training, it was, it was just such a great feeling. I felt very proud of myself, you know, um, you know, there's, there's a, a book out there that references the importance of high-fiving yourself, you know? And so I, I would, I would we'll go and I come back and I'm about to shower and I would just be like, Darren, you fucking did it. You know what? I'm really proud of you. You know, I, I would acknowledge that. And I, it was really, really powerful. And, you know, we talked about sort of, you know, never regretting a workout, you know, but we know what sometimes those first couple steps are really hard. Yeah. When I would be finished with the workout, whether it was a 22 mile run in 90 degree weather with 95% humidity by myself in Florida, when I was done, it was emotional, you know, and that's the growth, you know, for me, you know, where it took place. So I was able to sort of realize if I can conquer these training sessions, you know, where else can I apply that passion towards something? And that's where I came up with the idea of say no to doubt. Oh, the, oh so this is, it's all tied in. It was a perfect lead in into what we're going to talk about with saying no to doubt. Yeah. I love how you said that. That's such a great point. And you have me thinking about my life too, with you are more present with family, friends, maybe your business when you're in that training mode. And that's, I think that's a huge takeaway from training and working out and nobody regretting a workout. But yeah, let, let's talk about doubt because I'm so curious to hear how this came about and how you see this tagline or tagline or business of say no to doubt. That's the main 
Yeah, the main right? yeah the main theme is say no to doubt. Um, I grew up in the eighties. Uh, Nancy Reagan, uh, it was the first lady, and she 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 launched a whole initiative about say no to drugs. Yeah, and I've always looked at doubt as like a drug, and um, I think that you know myself very much included. You know, doubt has really affected a lot of the decisions or lack of decisions uh, that have been made throughout my life. And, you know, we live in a world where we think everyone has it better than us, you know, social media in particular, um, although it's, there's so many positives of it. Um, a lot of times we look at social media and we think less than about ourselves. You know, this person, they're in better shape. They have a better life. They have a better marriage. You know, they've, they've got everything worked out and here I am sitting alone, you know, at home feeling really down. And the irony is that it's more and more addicting to look through it. And as you look through it, it makes you feel less and less, you know, confident, happy. And yep. so I think one of the things that I realized in my life for me personally was doubt has really affected me in a lot of ways, you know, and I can reflect back on certain points where I let doubt, you know, uh, prevent me from doing something. And then I've also experienced doubt using it as a tool and an energy to push through. And it's business, relationships, um, challenges, you know, like, why am I running a 50K? You know, I'm a little bit over 50. I've got two boys. I'm healthy. What the fuck am I doing it for? <laughs> you know, and, but you can't experience that feeling without doing it. So for me, doubt, you know, as I said, like, we, we feel like everyone has it better. But for me, it's not that I want to see people not succeed. I want to see people succeed, but knowing that their struggles makes me feel better about myself because it like to know that I'm not alone. And um, to me, that's, that's what's, what's in what's so important. And if we heard and we're able to really understand people's stories and the challenges and the doubts that they face to sort of push through, I feel that those stories can empower people. And that's really my focus in, in, in excitement about launching Say No to Doubt. I, I think that's such, all of that is just, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, this doubt thing can hold us back. And, and, and it's, it's interesting to even see some big name people, whether it's business or sports. And like you said, it looks like, well, easy for them to say, you know, they have everything. Well, there was probably a lot of points in their life where they did not have everything. And I think that doubt thing can stop a lot of us. Is there anything specific that you can share that either doubt, maybe a story of how doubt stopped you from doing something and then how you overcame the doubt to push through to succeed? Yeah. So, well, number one, one of the things dating back also to sort of the uh, corporate world back in the mortgage days, I had significant doubt then. You know, I'm like, why am I going to leave this, this job? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, what, what am I, what am I uh, doing? And so early days, I sort of knew what the, the, that discomfort or that energy, you know, felt, felt like. So, you know, for me, it's always sort of played a role, you know, in my life in terms of, you know, how I felt there really a lot of decisions that just sort of in general, you know, add up you know, um, why didn't I, you know, why wasn't I there for that particular individual? Um, 
my doubt about going in a different direction business-wise, you know, than I did. There were times where I had doubts about business decisions and um, rather than leaning in and dealing with the short-term discomfort, you know, I made poor decisions and that created some long, you know, that created, you know, short-term pleasure for long-term pain. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of those scenarios and in, in, in those doubts, like I, I had, I knew we, in 2006, I, we had an incredible office for our, my mortgage company. We we're in Philly, incredible, maybe 2005. And it was month to month and it was cheap and ego got to me and we're, we were doing really well. And down the road, there was this beautiful new building, marble floors, glass doors. And, mm. you know, I'm basically just like, um, you know what, let's go get that. Let's go get that building. And we signed like this five-year lease, the mortgage industry, you know, collapsed, you know, fortunately we got through it. Um, but, you know, these are some of the things that, you know, in the decisions that I particularly made, you know, where I look back and I'm like, you know, I should have leaned in a little bit more, you know, with some of those, you know, with some of those things, you know, so I have a multitude of doubt where it's inspired me, you know, it to really push through like the ultra run and in other areas or leaning into, you know, the, the businesses. And then at the same thing, like my whole focus and goal is it's beyond like we go and we'll look at like LeBron James and he'll share his story of doubt and different things and all the hard work. That's incredible. And what an incredible individual and how much he's achieved. But there's everyday people that can share their stories that have achieved so much that we can apply that, you know, to what we want to be able to do for ourselves. You know, whether it's someone that, you know, was in a family business and never thought they'd be able to leave it and they hated it. But how did they overcome that? How did they start their new business, which was sort of successful fitness relationships? And so the whole goal is to really open up and realize that we're not alone, you know, and that everyone's been down the path and everyone who you think has it great, closes their door, gets in the bed and they're worried about something, you know? And so that's really the uh, purpose, but yes, back to your point is there's been significant uh, events of, of, of doubt where I leaned in and pushed through, uh, moving to Florida was, was one of them scared shitless. Six and three-year-olds, yeah, you know, moving states. You know what are we doing? And um, but it was the best decision that we've ever made. How, how do you? You have me thinking now too, because this is a great discussion. How do you? I was thinking about social media and and doubt and what a lot of people are thinking because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that are thinking about making a change, whether they're moving, changing their health, changing businesses. And there's outside noise projecting in on them. Like, how do you put the blinders on and focus on what's best for you, your wife, your family, your kids? And, and I'm because I'm sure you had outside influences telling you, don't move to Florida, don't run a 50K. How do you manage that and stay focused on Darren and what's best for you and or your family? You know, Anyone who's going to advise you doesn't know what you're going through. True. So I think you really have to realize, number one, you have to be honest with yourself. It sort of comes back to that pain point. You know, do you want to wake up every day feeling the way that you're feeling? If Pennsylvania was pleasant, 
and we really enjoyed it there, then we wouldn't be in Florida. But it got to a point where we just were not, you know, excited about being there. And yes, to your point, if I had a dollar for everyone said, you're moving to Florida, there's hurricanes. <laughs> Meanwhile, thank God, knock on wood, we, you know, anywhere you go these days, there's a risk. That's true. Yeah. Tornadoes, hurricanes, you know, hurricanes have hit the Gulf. They've hit the Northeast. But if you want something bad enough and you want to make a change, you can do it. And so that was one of the things I've, I've found that in being reflective back on seeing all the different advice I've gotten from people over the years. And it's a great question because it is one of those biggest distractions. You know, are we living our life for ourselves or are we living it for others? Yep. And I found that a lot of the advice that I've been given or suggestions that were given to me were based on like sort of self-interest for the people giving the advice. <laughs> and you know, one of the things I'm very proud of and my wife and I are very proud of is like, I want what's best for people, you know? And, you know, so if someone's going to make a change and they come to me and they ask questions, I would, number one, I never judge them. I congratulate them on wanting to make a change. And, you know, you know, the thing, if it's someone who's close to me, I'll be like, you know, have you explored all the risks? You know, why are you looking to make this change? And the bottom line is that millions of people do this every day. They make a change, whether they move, they start a new business, they start a new fitness regimen, they end a relationship. So it comes down to how much more are you willing to tolerate, you know, where you currently are. And so that for me was really, you know, one of those big things and particularly this day and age in 2023 about to be, we have so many resources and one of the beauties of um, where I feel, and I'm really excited about Say No to Doubt, I feel like we're living in a time right now where, you know, mindfulness and mental health is just so much, so accepted, you know? And, um, and so I think ultimately I would probably say to someone, hey, you know, what do you want? Forget what they think you want. What do you want? Yeah. And start, and, and, and start there. And one thing is for sure, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable, but as you know, some of the best things come out in the world, come out of discomfort. Yes, they do. And I, I love, I appreciate you sharing all that because I think that's amazing that you can, and, and I know this because we've been chatting offline for a few months now, but the fact that you don't, you do not judge people is inspiring to me. And I continue to work on that with myself and others. And I appreciate the, the way that you're able to communicate with people with such zero judgment. I think it's inspiring to see that. And, and as we, as we, as you alluded to, as we roll into 2023, and I think this is going to come out, it will be 2023. Do you set your, do you look at the year and have goals? Do you look at five, 10 year numbers? Are you more about like, what am I doing this week? Or how, how do you set up goal setting? Yeah. So, um, for me, number one is I'll, I'll look out and I'll schedule over the course of year, you know, certain things where I know I'm going to be traveling, whether it's with family, whether it's events. Um, and I put those down and I make sure I cover the basis of um, making sure that a lot of that stuff is, you know, organized. And 
you know, then I'll go and I'll say, okay, great. My goals are to, you know, make sure that I participate in, let's call it a 29029, the four by four by 48. I'm interested this year in, in, in doing a rim to rim, uh, maybe even rim hike of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. I've got those, I've got those, those goals. Um, I know where I want to be in five years, you know, um, number one, the most important thing is I want to be healthy, but I'm, I also am under this mindset of just consistency day in, day out, you know? So for me, what's more important than focusing on five or 10 years is what am I doing today? You know, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to have my podcast uh, with you. Thank you for having me. I'm going to yeah. uh, go ahead and um, maybe go to a movie with my wife. I've got a couple of things I need to do for work, you know, and then I'll go and I'll say, okay, great. I'm doing the 75 hard challenge. So I know what happens in the 75 hard challenge and I'm launching say no to doubt this year. So I know the commitment, where do I want to be at the end of this year? I'll focus on that. I want to have my website up. I want to have my podcast done. I want to talk to people about it. I want people to share their stories. And I also want to bring, have an event where I bring a small group of people together, where we can be inspired by people sharing their stories on how they overcame doubt and to be able to share that in a public environment and um, be a, be a great husband and, you know, go to my son's hockey, hockey games and, and visit my son down at school. So it's less about the five to 10 years. It's more, I found myself with non-diagnosed ADD sort of struggling looking back that far <laughs> yeah. I found myself really focused on okay great well this is what I'm going to do today and I know what my calendar is sort of shaping out for the year I like that and I, I like seeing and if you're listening to this you won't be able to see it but maybe you can hear it the look in your eye like when you talk about everything you just talked about you're stoked, man. You got a big 2023 coming. I can't wait to see how it all I, plays out. I appreciate it. And guess what? I've got my doubts. <laughs> I'm sure you do. As, as, <laughs> but you I'm doing do. it. You're doing it anyways. I like that. You doubt, but you do it anyways. I think that's a great takeaway too. So, all right. So you got your year planned out at the, at the end of these interviews, Darren. I asked three questions. And sometimes I switch it up, and but I think for you, these three are going to be, I'm interested to see how you're going to respond to these. What's, what are you most grateful for in any area of life as we sit here today? My family. I was wondering if that's what you, I, I had a feeling that's going to be yeah. number one for sure. You know, it's, it's family slash health. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's so I think they sort of go hand in hand. So, um, yeah, family and health. I love it. How, how about your most memorable experience of 2022? 50K. Had to be, right? I knew, the, I knew the pain and the sacrifice. And I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck am I to run a 50K? <laughs> You know what? And I answered that question. And that's, that's the beauty. That's the beauty. That is, that is awesome. I love that. And now, well, actually this, this will lead in perfectly to the last question. Do you have a 
bucket list? And if you do, what is at the top of that list? Is there something, it could be an event, it could be something for business, something for family. Is there something you want to do for sure before it's all over? I want to bring say no to doubt to areas I was never capable of bringing my previous businesses to. I wanted to impact um, so many people's lives because of just how much I believe this message can enhance and enable people to grow. And the real reason behind the creating this is because I am the number one audience, <laughs> target audience for it. And I think that's an area I historically in business, um, I've chased after what are those opportunities, things that have sort of lacked passion and purpose. And now, you know, at the young level of the half century mark, <laughs> very young, very, I young. am very, very excited to make this what I feel in my own insecurities that so many other people have built on their businesses on mindfulness or not, you know, and so to keep going and to really bring my vision, you know, cause I have manifested this, I have visualized about what this can be and I just get excited by it. So, um, and travel. I love travel, but yeah. I love travel too. And I, I love, you can see the excitement in you when you're talking about it. And I feel like I'm a good audience member for you as well, because I definitely have plenty of doubts too. So I can't wait to at least be a small part of that and see however I can help out. I'm in. And so how do, how do people connect with you, Darren, in, in any capacity? If, if somebody heard something and if they want to reach out, like, is there a way that they can connect with you, whether it's social media or website, anything? Yeah, sure. So um, they can go to saynotodoubt.com. And uh, in addition to that, uh, anyone can reach me uh, on LinkedIn at Say no to Doubt or Darren Roberts and love to uh, communicate, uh, love hearing people's stories. Uh, you know, I really do. And um, on social media, you know, as well, they can look up, say no to doubt, but really the website and LinkedIn. And I, I love hearing people's stories as well. And seriously, thank you for sharing yours. Like you just seem like say no to doubt is such a perfect tagline for your audience and what you've overcome too. So congratulations on everything you've done. And I know there's another 50 plus years in the future that you're just getting started. This is only the beginning Man. for Darren. Amen. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. We all are. That's, That's a, a new day. I totally agree. Well, thanks for taking the time, my friend. And I appreciate you answering with such honesty and enthusiasm. And I'm rooting for you from afar. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me, bud. Absolutely. See you uh, all next happy week. New year. Happy New Year. Yes. And thank you all for listening or watching. And we'll see you all next week on the podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of Living the Dream with Matt Scaletti. I'm so grateful for you. Please share this podcast on your social media so others can benefit from this valuable content. Also, please subscribe to my podcast because if you aren't, 
I am watching you. <laughs> Check me out on social media and message me if you need me as your keynote speaker. At Matt Scaletti on social media. I respond to all messages. Thanks, and I love you so much. Yeah.